guys, welcome to another episode of the Anything and Everything podcast. We were a little inactive for about a couple of weeks, two weeks or so, uh, just because we had a couple things come up, but we're back to it, have uh, some really interesting guests lined up. And uh, for this episode, I talked to a good friend of mine, Daniel Prunick. He's a student at Harvard uh, studying applied mathematics. Uh, Daniel and I went to Cathedral High School together from 2014 to 2018, and we had a really interesting discussion. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, make sure to rate and review, and uh, stay tuned in. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, so here you guys go, Daniel Prunick. And we're live. Daniel, how you doing? Doing great, buddy. How you doing? Doing great, man. So, well, first of all, I said I said Daniel, but uh, it's weird for me saying that because for four years that wasn't. Uh, that wasn't your name to all of us. So just a little background. We went to high school at Cathedral 2014, 2018, graduated together. But to all of us, you were Prunick and sometimes even Daddy Prunick. But so I'm so you guys will have to excuse me, but I'm going to keep on calling you Prunick this whole thing because Daniel just sounds so weird and foreign. But Prunick, how are you doing, man? How's COVID treating you? How's how's everything? Great, great. You know, when I first got to college, I had to get used to getting called Daniel because I was just used to everyone calling me Brunick or, really? or Poppy. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Was that like yeah. a whole like a uh, transition phase of you like, wait, that that is my name. What's going on here? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, getting used to different things. Um, COVID wise, I mean, you know, I've on- honestly just been chilling. I think that I, I got really lucky uh, with it, um, you know. I was, I was struggling a bit uh, in, in the spring, you know, so by come March, I was just inundated with work. I had three classes that were just way too tough. Um, you know, one where I was probably just going to fail. And then Harvard sent us home. And then after that, they switched to a fully pass-fail system. And so I just kind of grinded throughout April, uh, only focused on, on that one class I thought I was going to fail. And then kind of just barely eked it out. Uh, I didn't really have much of a summer job laid out. And so I just uh, thought I was really stressing about it. And then I eventually just, you know, COVID came and, and now no one had a job. And so I was kind of, I was, I was at the same level again. I was chilling. Uh, I eventually ended up getting a job as an assistant manager at a Domino's in Denver. Uh, so that was, that was quite an experience. Um, and, and then just kind of, I got to live with my dad for the first time in my life. Uh, he lives in Denver. So that was, that was really fun, I'd say. I got a lot closer with him. And then now I am in Mississippi living with some friends and, you know, kind of just doing, doing the, the normal college things of, you know, going to frat parties, um, you know, just having a car on campus and, and deciding, hey, you know what, today I want to drive up to Memphis. You know, that's an hour away or Nashville, that's four hours away. I'm, I'm definitely chilling here. Free, free soul, but uh, to preface everything, you said Harvard there. Not a lot of people know about your journey, uh, your academic journey. At least I was able to see it every day. And, and now you're currently a student at Harvard. So tell us a little bit about how, I guess your high school experience was in, in contrast to what the popular belief is, especially at our school in where your goals were set on, on, on that school, you know, on Harvard. So, and, and just kind of walk us through how that was like day to day. Cause obviously I imagine, or at least I remembered you coming in as a freshman, it's something you had, you had very much decided in your head and it was a four year journey to get into it. Uh, so how is it that, that, that kind of contrast to maybe my experience or someone else's experience to where you had that goal set out. So, so, uh, so clear uh, from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I definitely started um, high school. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm being completely honest, I think that I was, I was really nervous, uh, just, you know, going into freshman year, I was, I was pretty small, uh, you know, physically. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things that I was pretty good at was just getting good grades. And so I, I really focused on that. Um, you know, I joined a, a few clubs here and there by the time I got to sophomore year, I was kind of just, you know, growing more into myself. Um, you know, I kept the grades up. That was 
something that I'd say just kind of a bit more natural to me. But I also started getting more involved at the school. Uh, got to know a bunch more guys. Just had had a bunch more fun. Also started to like, you know, become more of a leader. I would say uh, by the time I got to, you know, the end of my sophomore year, I think. Um, you know, these guys ran for, I think it was <clears throat> Diego Quirarte and Esteban who ran for like class uh, president uh, MVP. Um, and I had a bunch of guys that come up to me and say, you know, hey man, I, well, you know, why didn't you run for class president? I would have voted for you. Um, and that kind of, you know, got me thinking, you know, maybe, hey, you know, these guys see me as a leader. Um, and so, you know, that was one of the things, you know, a year later I ran for president uh, you know, and was elected. Uh, during that time, I would just kind of go up to to all the guys that I knew and would say, you know, hey man, I'm running for president. You want to vote for me? And you say, hey, Poppy, of course. You know, <laughs> uh, anything for you. And so, so that was uh, that, that was a really good uh, time in my life. I'd say it, it was one where I was, you know, just you know, I was that guy. Um, you know, I think I was valedictorian at the time. Um, and so I also got called a uh, top dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, added to the list of, of nicknames. Um, even caveman, because I just grew up my hair. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. And so, I mean, it was definitely, I think, somewhere in that time, I decided that I, you know, would really like to go to one of these top colleges. I knew that um, you know, even if you were the perfect candidate, that there, there was no guarantee of getting into any of these schools, you know, there's still some element of luck. Um, and I think by the time I was in junior year um, and doing more activities, uh, you know, really trying to fill out my role as a, as a leader, that um, I also got into my head of trying to get into a really top school. And so once I entered senior year, I was, um, you know, just really, really trying to do everything I could to get into one of these schools. So that was, you know, just working on it, all the essays and applications. Um, and you know, I kind of, I got lucky with that, I'd say. Uh, going back to how you were saying where guys came up to you asking, hey, why didn't you run? How do you think, you know, in, you know, that freshman to sophomore kind of junior year where I think a lot of guys are kind of, uh, coming into their own, uh, how would you say that in terms of what your goals were and, and how lofty and how you're actually living them out right now, how that experience to where you have that person come up to you, maybe a good friend, maybe not a really good friend, but saying that to you, how did that shape your mindset in terms of filling that, that leader role, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it was, you know, it, it got me thinking that I could be a leader without really trying you know, where I was more leading by example, um, natural leadership skills, you know, so if I was, you know, um, you know, most, most of my experience uh, with these guys was in classes. And so if I, uh, you know, was, you know, just kind of just doing what I was supposed to be doing um, and, uh, you know, not being, I guess not, not being like exactly snobby, but just doing my own shit, making sure that, you know, um, I'm not sure where I'm going, but uh, I, I think it was just more the guys that um, saw the saw the, yeah saw the leadership by example, you know. I think so. Yeah, just saw the leadership by example, and so I kind of wanted to uh, capitalize off of that. Um, and you know, if I could work at it, then you know, I wanted to see where I could go with it. You know, what the potential was. Do Do you think that uh, that leadership uh, position and kind of you know, maybe not to a certain extent being jolted into it because, you know, it was a decision on your end. But how do you think it's helped you out to this point in your life to where you've already gone through two years at Harvard and, and even the admissions process in Harvard and, and all that goes into that? Uh, I, I think it's definitely useful. Um, so, you know, you have, you have to learn how to, you know, lead others, lead your peers. Um, and then you also kind of have to learn how to be a leader if you are the youngest person at the table. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I remember going into my first, you know, class, it was an engineering class. Uh, we had a group project that 
uh, you know, was a semester long project. I was, you know, one of just a handful of freshmen in the class. Um, and in my group, um, it was me and, and uh, two upperclassmen. And so I had to kind of figure out, you know, get up to speed first on, on what they already knew from being at Harvard for a couple of years. And then I had to also just kind of always be fighting for myself, um, you know, do it, doing everything I could to, to keep up and to prove that, you know, I was still, um, you know, that I belonged there. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, that uh, really helped me to begin the necessary skills I needed to succeed in that class. Um, you know, and in terms of other types of leadership, you need to, you know, kind of take a hold of your own life and, mm-hmm. and figure out what, what you want to do, um, figure out, you know, what kind of job you want to do or clubs you want to join or people you want to meet. Um, and so I think that's, that's really a, a good skill to have. Go, going back to, you know, now, now senior year and, and now you have the accolades and, and all the requirements to, to get to those top level schools that, that you were aiming for. How was that process in terms of kind of finding which one's the best fit for me? Which one do I want? And then once you found that best fit for you, kind of their process for you and weeding out all the applicants that they may be, they don't want and, and finally coming to the school of your choice. Got it, got it. Um, I think I had a, a semi unusual process. Um, I think, you know, thinking back two years ago, no, years ago when I was applying, um, you know, I had taken the SAT the year before uh, you know, did it the one time and, and scored pretty well. And, and so I didn't you know, have to worry about doing that again. Uh, and, you know, beyond that, I was just checking all the things off on the, in the application, you know, do you have your resume, do you have your essays, do you have your extracurriculars. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, just very, very just involved with the school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of our secrets was that the homework was so easy that you could just be, you know, president of like three clubs and we're, we're chilling um you know uh, we were we were taking like college classes in in high school yep and so you know it sounds a lot better than than what it really was it was just kind of guys <laughs> around yeah so something like that but hey it looks nice right exactly exactly um and then i kind of just decided that i would just apply to um harvard because that was you know, the best school in my eyes. So what schools um, did you apply to? Uh, if I remember correctly, Harvard was, uh, I applied to Harvard early. Okay. And it was early restrictive action or something like that. And so they were the only private institution I could apply to uh, early. And so, like, I also applied to UT, uh, UTEP, um, Rice, I think. And then I also applied to... Caltech and, and UCLA um, afterwards, after uh, after applying to Harvard. Uh, but because I had applied early and then I found out I got in, you know, that I didn't really feel the need to keep applying to, to many places. I think guys like Luke and Omar, they applied to like 20 places and mm-hmm. just kept getting the, and then they got like a ton of- um, Scholarship money. Scholarship money, right, yeah. right. Uh, that scholarship money was to each school though exactly and and, but your choice was was once you got accepted it was clear and cut that that that's where you wanted to go and and that's where you wanted to be i think so um it was kind of you know it it was it's harvard so that's that's hard for uh many to turn down um and i'd I'd say there was definitely an adjustment period getting there um Mm -hmm. you know where there is the, the, I'd say one of the biggest adjustments was just kind of getting used to everyone else um, being, you know, super smart and super involved. Mm. Um, and and I, I, in my eyes, part of the personal growth that everyone who, who goes to a school like this has is that they have to learn how to be someone else other than just the smart kid. Um, and so, and, and, you know, to try and just become, become your own person and figure out, you know, 
you know, hey, maybe you're not, you know, uh, unique because you're good at math, but you know, what else? What else can you do? What else do you like? Um, and you know, what still sets you apart? Yeah, that's interesting because obviously Harvard is a school full of a lot of uh, intelligent individuals. How is that adjustment period, and and what what kind of role or or, how, or well, how is that adjustment period? How was that experience for you? And what kind of role did you find yourself settling into uh, that first year, you know, throughout that first year and kind of settling into that uh, environment? Yeah, yeah. Um, freshman year was definitely was quite the experience. Um, you know, I, I'd say it was uh, definitely me making a lot of mistakes, uh, not just necessarily inside the classroom, but also outside. Um, you know, it was having to make an entire new side of friend groups, making my own decisions, pretty much for, uh, making all of my own decisions, pretty much, um, you know, what else beyond that, I think, um, I'd say I was trying to really be forceful about who I was trying to be, um, but it wasn't exactly who I was. Um, you know, I, I can probably give an example where um, I was trying to you know, stay up really late, uh, partying, uh, for example, um, and then I, I wouldn't be getting much, much schoolwork done, you know, because I would have to, to sleep in late. Um, or I was trying to, um, you know, really be focused on, on um, you know, being the cool guy in my friend group or uh, just really focused on, you know, why is, is that guy smarter than me? Um, and so I think after th that first year, uh, you know, coming home for, you know, the six week break or something that we have and kind of getting some more perspective, you know, you go back and then you see, you know, okay, I don't think I ne always need to be looking up, you know, at so someone who's ahead of me, you know, I can look around me mm -hmm. um, and, and just see more um, see more of the world. Um, also funny story about my first semester, uh, because we had gone to cathedral and they had such strict rules, I decided, you know what, fuck you. I'm gonna grow out my hair, you know, on top and my beard as, uh, just cause I can. Um, and so, you know, I, I got a haircut right before I left and that was middle of August. Um, and three months later to about the second week of November, I let it grow out. And, you know, by the time I, I got to November, it was full on, you know, head Afro with, you know, just a huge shaggy beard. And it was at, at that time where I said, you know, I don't have to get a haircut because no one's telling me to, but I'm looking like a homeless man, so I just gotta get the, I just gotta get the yeah. Uh, um, I can yeah, I can already imagine it. I can already imagine it. Looking like for for looking like Forrest Gump when he was running, something like that. About that, yeah. <laughs> especially especially with you running, I can already imagine it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and going into that second year and and having that realization of you know maybe I should be looking up, maybe I should be looking around me and 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 you know the extraordinary people that that probably surround you at all times where did you uh or what kind of mentality did you have going into that second year and, and settling into finally being yourself you know yeah um i would say and actually the more i think about it it's, it's quite not as as idealistic as it sounds um mm -hmm. you know my 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 sophomore year was definitely um, a little bit better, but there was still some, some challenges, I would say. Um, you know, I think I, I, I can, I can think about this, uh, piece wise, you know, first of all, in, in terms of not just trying to look up upwards, but look around me. Uh, I think that I, I found that I didn't have to think of someone as, as smart or as good just because they were, you know, getting good grades in class mm -hmm. or that they were, um, you know, just, just good and good at homework, um, but that there were, there were, you know, all kinds of people. Uh, so people that were uh, super funny, that there were people that were super involved, 
uh, some people that were, um, you know, could really, you, you could go to them and just talk, talk to them about your problems. Uh, so I think that was, you know, really helpful to expand my network into different types of people mm -hmm. uh, that I could interact with. Um, and in terms of, you know, my second year, I thought that I would be happier if I was, you know, more involved. Uh, so I joined several more clubs, took um, a, a, two really hard classes. Um, and then I, you know, I was, I was a bit more um, stretched thin, I would say. Uh, I, I uh, it was at this time where I also stopped um, like going out and partying, um, you know, because one night I got uh, way too blacked out and the next day was, you know, hangover until like 5 p.m. Um, and so I didn't want to, to do that anymore. Um, going into soft into the next semester, I thought, you know, I can, I can push through this. I'll, I'll take even harder classes and then take on more responsibility. Um, and to that, you know, I, I, I was more met with reality of, you know, it's hard for a reason. And, um, I wasn't able to keep up and then, you know, I kind of got hit with the miraculous, all right, you can go home, you know, take some easy online classes and, and you know, just get through the semester. Um, and, you know, now here I am uh, living with friends in, in Mississippi, taking online classes again, because Harvard is, you know, some way too liberal. Um, and, you know, I've gotten back into the party scene um, and just kind of more enjoying uh, some time with some friends, enjoying being able to just be young, I'd say. More of a balance, you would say, right? Yeah, yeah, balance. So what uh, what major did you go into? Because we were talking about that before we started recording. Uh, what, what was the major you went into? And, you know, why did you have kind of those, uh, those changes? And, and why are you at the one you're at right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so going into Harvard, I wanted to study um, mechanical engineering because if you are from the borderlands and people and you tell people, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at math, you know, but I'm not sure what I want to study. They'll tell you, hey, Mijo, you should study uh, mechanical engineering. I, I hear there's some good jobs out there. That's so on point. <laughs> uh, so I get there, I try it out. Uh, it was super fun, you know, being in the lab, working with, you know, crazy shit like uh, laser cutters, 3D printers, um, you know, kind of like the best of, of what you know, Harvard's money can, can get a lab. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's definitely fun, right? I definitely, but I think I decided against it um, for a number of reasons, including just the number of classes was gonna be way too hard and I knew that the higher up you get into engineering, that it would be more, um, more specialized, more theoretical, and less just kind of playing and hands-on, which is mm -hmm. the part I liked. Um, and I think that I wanted to do more. Um, I wanted to be the, um, you know, instead of just being the super technical guy, I kind of wanted to be, um, you know, the businessman who who also knew a lot about math. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I had more of like an interest in, in going into like a business type role or corporate type role, however, <laughs> however everyone has defined that. Um, and so then I switched over to statistics because I saw that the, the list um, of classes I had to take was not too long. Um, so I took the introduction to statistics, stat 110 taught by, um, what's his name? can't remember right now. Oh, Joe, Joe Blitzstein. Um, Shout out Joe. Joe, <laughs> crazy guy. Um, that class, you know, kicked me in the ass super hard. Um, you know, I think on the final, I got a 55%. Uh, so it was quite tough, quite tough. Uh, first final I failed, um, you know, in my career. Life career. Um, in my life. Uh, and so I, I took another statistics class, you know, even harder than the first. And so I thought, 
to find a, a more suitable suitable one, and that was applied math. So here I am. So what does what does applied math kind of cover or entail that that caught your attention? Yeah, yeah. Um, applied math is definitely a bit more broad. Uh, so you know, looking at uh, multivariable calculus or you know optimization. You know, those those are classes I have taken and am now taking. Um, they also let you specialize in like a field, uh, which means just taking five extra classes. And so I'm doing economics, and so I get to, you know, also take a look, uh, take a little bit of a look into economics. Um, and I think that is, you know, just where I am, you know, happier, and you know, I'm sure that the job prospects are, are similar. And and this is a degree you're you're happy with in, in terms of kind of looking at big picture with the other two that you had where you kind of realized like with one, like, all right, it gets a lot more simpler and the other one where, Hey, this is hard. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, um, I think, I think one of the, the red flags as, mm -hmm. as kids say um, was that I would, I would tell people, oh, you know, what's your concentration? Cause that's, that's what Harvard uses. You know, oh, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing statistics, and they go, "You are, dude. That, that's that's really tough." Um, and I, I would tell, you know, people older than than myself, um, you know, you know, hey, you know, hey, hey, Sandy, you know, what's your what's your major? And I said, oh, you know, I'm doing statistics, and they go, "Oh my God, you know, I remember I took this one statistics class in college." You know, that shit was so hard. Yeah, I still remember that teacher's name. It was, you know, Mr. What so-and-so, you know, hardest class I ever took. Anyways, I'm sure you'll do fine. And it was just kind of that constant, like... Reminder. Um, something like that, yeah. Um, and, and I just kept questioning, why am I doing this? You know, I, I'm not enjoying this. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, with, with applied math, just a whole different department, different set of cl classes, um, you know, definitely enjoying myself more. Where do, where do you see uh, applied math taking you? Uh, not only the next couple of years, but also career-wise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I could, you know, use it in, in a, a number of areas, um, you know, maybe like a, a consulting or just, you know, general business type role. Um, I know a lot of people who take applied math or economics at Harvard. <clears throat> Um, excuse me, will go into like a, a finance type role mm -hmm. or, or do uh, like a venture capital and entrepreneurial uh, type role. And so those are, those are the typical paths coming out of Harvard. Um, you know, later down in my career, I mean, honestly, I'm more of the, the person to just see where life takes me. But I think that you know, I could definitely see myself as a, you know, as a business leader you know, someone who's, who's either running a business or has to, you know, be the guy that they consult, you know, with, Hey, you know, I got this problem, you know, what do you think, you know, can I work with you for a while and let's, let's see what we can get done. I think that's kind of more where, where my interest went. So where was, where was kind of the, the pros and cons of, you know, how you went to engineering, then st stats, then, then obviously math and indifference to just going straight to like a business or or even though you're specializing in economics uh instead of going straight to like a business degree because it looks like that's kind of like the the world you want to live in right 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 um well like i said like i just briefly mentioned i'll go into this more but harvard is uh quite different in their degrees you mm. know uh, for example they call them concentrations uh, minors, they call them secondaries, um, and they are really key, keen in um, not giving you a very specialized uh, degree. So, for example, we have no civil engineering, we have no accounting degrees, uh, and to that list, they also have no business degree. The closest one you can get is economics, um, okay. and that is definitely something I think that I would be interested in. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think that I would rather be more just, um, instead of being the, um, you know, you know, imagine the, the guy who's in, in coding, you know, who are the, the tech guy, 
uh, instead of being, you know, that kind of guy, uh, I'd rather be more just more of a blended person. So, you know, working in a, a business scene, but, you know, being being the math guy in the business scene, you know, instead of being um, just surrounded by a bunch of math guys. Have, having the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the dream. Uh, and why do you think, or I mean, this is more in a curious sense, but why does Harvard do things those ways in terms of concentration, secondaries, not having the accounting degree, the business degree? Uh, what do you think is the, the or, or maybe you know, actually, from Harvard, what the underlying purpose is in that or, and what they're trying to accomplish? Well, I mean, I can tell you what they, you know, they're ideally trying to accomplish is just um, creating students that have a liberal arts education so that they can go out into the world and do whatever they want. Um, now give us your opinion. <laughs> my opinion. Um, I mean, you know, they don't want Harvard to just be a trade school. Okay. <laughs> um, so kind of branching off of that. And, and I, I think we've talked and talked enough school because I know uh, you're probably up to the neck with school stuff uh, every day. Uh, but I just have a couple more questions about it. How, what, what do you think was maybe list a couple misconceptions about Harvard that you had coming in that were actually pr proven, you know, uh, you know, that maybe people were in your ear telling you it's going to be this way. And when you got there, you were like, oh, wait, this is, this is totally not the case. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I have a, again, a unique experience because um, both of my parents uh, went to Harvard for their mm -hmm. undergraduate career. Um, they actually met in the first week um, of their freshman year called freshman, freshman days um, or opening days. Um, and, you know, they lived in the same residential building, the same dorm, uh, and they kind of stuck together you know, on and off. And then uh, by the time they graduated, they got married, you know, soon after. Uh, so my dad, my dad definitely has been telling me a lot of things about Harvard. Uh, so I definitely knew some things of what to expect, you know, just in terms of generally growing up and, and being on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, and a few more Harvard specific things, you know, he, he definitely didn't know all the same, you know, you know, everything of what it would be like. For example, he, um, you know, we, we started walking around the campus, you know, which was, which I did not know would be, you know, right in the middle of the city and was, you know, kind of small compared to like, you know, UTEP, uh, especially, you know, Harvard is like this kind of small little collection of buildings, it, it seemed at, at first, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he said, hey, let's, you know, let's go walk over here and we'll go see where you're going to be living and where you're going to be eating. And I said, you know, the, the information booklet that they gave us is that, you know, actually wrong it's over there um uh so in, in small things like that you know i had to learn on my own but other things i i kind of was um i knew would be coming uh but that's not to say i was um kind of prepared to to take them on um for example uh with some of my classes they were you know i i knew that for example my classes would be much harder than they were in high school, but I, I wasn't really prepared for that kind of work. Um, and so I had to just really get used to grinding and, and staying up late. Um, you know, I think my freshman year, I got into a bad habit of, you know, studying until four in the morning, um, you know, kind of kind of casually, just oh, yeah, four in the morning. Um, uh, what else? I think that I also, I also knew that I would be missing home but I didn't know how much of an impact it really would have on me so by the time you know I, I left there in middle of August I finally get back home for Thanksgiving you know so that was you know over three months and that was the longest I'd ever been away from home even though I had been uh kind of moving moving around uh I lived with my mom for a bit lived with my dad for a bit um uh, but it still definitely had a an effect on me um, other things about Harvard specifically, um, I did not know how much people would be like into drinking culture or hookup culture. Um, you know, I think I've found that, um, you know, for example, I thought that if you gave these kids like a ton of work, 
that they wouldn't have any time to party. Um, but it's kind of the opposite where if you give them so much work to do that they will like just get it all done, do nothing else besides that. And on the we- when the weekend comes, just like let loose and go blackout, you know? Um, so that was, that was kind of, kind of what I saw. So, so what um, you're telling, what you're telling me is Harvard low key party school. Um, kind of, uh, the parties are not, are not super like crazy, but the drinking is off the charts. What the parties are just like reading textbooks and then you guys drink afterwards or, or, or what goes on? <laughs> What goes on at these parties? Um, uh, I'm I'm kidding with you. You don't you don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into the into the bushes of that. Uh, and then the last question about Harvard: what's what's one thing or or a couple things that that maybe your your parents hadn't told you or, or no one had told you, but that surprised you? You know that that uh, those first couple of weeks that you were there, uh, not only about Harvard but about the city or the weather or stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, you know, the weather definitely affects most people just because it's um, gray most of the time. And I'm used to uh, Sun City. Um, other things I've heard that I was not expecting, um, you know, the people, the students, they're super nice. Uh, a bunch of them are just always willing to, to help out. Um, I think one of the, the biggest thing for me, though, was seeing just how many different opportunities there were within Harvard uh, and how much, um, kind of just how much was out there. Um, you know, you could walk into, you know, any, any given building and every kid in there or every classroom, every kid in that classroom will be, you know, doing so many different things and almost none of them will overlap. Um, Harvard sponsors so many different programs for us to do, uh, has so many museums, um, different offices for all kinds of different things, you know. Um, for example, you know, just like trying to study abroad, you know, they, they can get you to, you know, almost anywhere. Um, or, you know, if, if you are, you know, a queer, uh, transgender black person and you can you can find like a office that's you know specifically for you um and so i think that was probably uh the biggest thing about there's there's just always so much to do so much going on but you know you'll never get to it all well i mean that's that's sounds like a good problem uh to have right um but talking about a lot of things going on and and not getting to it all you said you want to talk about movies and you said you want to talk about Tenant. Uh, I have seen Tenant. I'm not sure if I want to talk about it. I, my, you have you have seen I, it? I, I have seen it. I will say that after seeing it, um, I, I needed some time to, to recover. It was uh, it was giving me a headache just just trying to, to keep up. Dude, don't, don't even get me started. Well, first to, to, to kind of uh, uh, pre, preface all of this, um, Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite uh, directors just because of, you know, for me, the, the Batman trilogy had a huge impact on my life mm-hmm. um, and kind of seeing, you know, for example, what he did with the Dark Knight, what he did with the Dark Knight Rises, uh, just his way of, of shaping a movie and then getting into his material a little more and, and going back and watching a movie like Memento, right, where if you look at that movie and how it stacks up to Tenant, you know, maybe that kind of shifting of timelines uh, applies a little bit. It's obviously a, a topic that Nolan has uh, experienced or experimented with a lot because then you go to like Inception, right? And then you go to Interstellar, right? Where uh, obviously in comparison to Tenant, movies that are a lot easier to stomach <laughs> in terms of uh, understanding them. But no, I'm, I'm the same way. I saw Tenant, and afterwards I was like, what just happened? Like, what, what, I'll, I, I need to watch at least four videos on YouTube to understand. And even then, like, I've only seen it once and I want to go see it again. Cause now you kind of get it, right? Uh, 
so you know, I still have that that desire to go watch it a second time. But I mean, let me get let me get your thoughts on it first, and then we can get we can get into the weeds on the, on this on this movie. All right. I mean, so I I saw it with uh, two of my friends here uh, live, uh, living in in Mississippi, and I mean, it was kind of the movie where you're you're watching it and like i'll just just say like you know spoilers ahead oh yeah spoiler um, alert spoiler alert guys spoiler alert and and you know this machine that can reverse entropy whatever that means um these objects and you know you go in and as you're going in you see your past self walking out because you know what because it, it's like happening at the same time where you're walking in and your 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 future self is walking backwards into this machine and you know when they're going into that final battle scene they're getting briefed and the general says you know you're, you're the the main character uh, he's asking the general you know wait so so they've already done it they're, or they're about to and he says you got to stop thinking linearly and i, I would <laughs> put my hands on my head and just say Wait, what? 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 Whoa, whoa. Pause, pause, pause. I mean, I gotta think of that again. And me and my friends all walked out of the theater, and we weren't sure if we were like walking forwards or walking backwards at that point. Just because, like, like you know, I, I kept like trying to pick up stuff, you know, like, because uh, you know, yeah, yeah. In the movie, they showed the 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 object where you could. Um, the the, the, the object well the object that's in that's uh I going guess, through time backwards yeah 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 the going through the i wanted to say like entropy well you were saying entropy but the object that's i don't even reversed. know how to yeah reverse let's just say reversed for the sake of it and how you were saying though how like in the movie they were like well you drop a bullet right to pick up the reversed object you have to pretend you already dropped it Right. So the guy was like, was like going like this, like, and then it came up, but no, dude, like it was, it was one of those movies where you're just like you said, or like, Hey, well, look, pause, like, and, and it's not even that one moment. It's like 10 or 15 moments when you're like, all right, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's call a timeout here. Let me, let me see where everything going. Uh, I think it, the, the whole concept of it deserves a second or third watching through it. For example, like a movie like uh, like Inception, right? Or even an Interstellar, right? Where mm-hmm. the more you I watch them- more Inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you'd love Interstellar. If you love Tenet and you loved Inception, Interstellar is like, it's really good. Uh, but like, for example, let's take Inception. I've seen Inception maybe four or five times now, just because every time you watch it, you pick up, you know, oh, okay, like, the levels of the dream state, how they did this, how they did that, how it all like sinks in. I feel like this movie is exactly the same way where you're just like, who boy, I have to go through this again. Cause the way the timeline, for example, the last battle scene, like that battle, that that battle scene was happening before like the movie ever like started because at the same time as the battle scene was going on, if you don't remember, like the the main the main girl was uh, on the on the boat, right? So mm-hmm. it was just one of those movies where just all the the jumping around and and even the ending, right? Where with Robert Pattinson's character being like, well, we we've already been friends, but but our journey, like you knowing me, is barely beginning. But like me knowing you, yeah, 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 hit like like the the main character knowing him is barely beginning but him knowing the main character is ending and it was like wait a minute i think i think that that quote (laughs) that line that you that you that you said where you have to stop thinking linearly just perfect like just it 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 encapsulates the whole movie right but it really is that way where if for example i saw some youtube videos where if, if you try to analyze this movie, you can't really analyze it linearly. You really have to take certain scenes and see how like it snakes around and all right, they came in here, but then they came in over there, but then 
but then they came all the way over here and then they had to go back over here. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it is, it is a crazy movie, but it's an, a really interesting concept. Right. So, you know, like specifically what me and my friends were talking about was that final, that final scene with Robert Pattinson, was he saying that, you know, his journey just coming to an end, did that mean that he, you know, found another reversing time machine, uh, just reversing machine, and then went in and sacrificed himself to, um, you know, at that, at that gate? Um, was that Robert Pattinson? Did he um, go in and sacrifice himself? Or was, or did that happen some other way where, you know, I mean, me and my me and my friend debated this just for for the longest time, and then we couldn't come up to a conclusion. I think but, it was Robert Pattinson, right? Because they showed the little thing on the bag, the the chain, right? Right. But was he reversed so that he, by the time he, like, if he was moving backwards through time, he then would like get unshot by the bullet, and then reverse himself to be normal and then just live on his life. But uh, the main character had to like go back in time and or like, reverse himself so that he could travel through time backwards so that he could like prevent the whole thing from happening because he had already done that. Well, like, his older self had already done that. Well, he reversed himself twice though, right? And the first time was to pick the lock. And then the second time was to take the bullet. I think so. Right. How did, how was he how was he alive at the end? Well, because those are his those are his reverse selves going this way, right? They're going they're going back in time, right? They're entropy, and the per, at the final scene when they all separate the three uh, whatever tools you want to call them, but the three tools, he's going forward. But yeah, you're right. Maybe, I don't maybe know. We should not have talked. Maybe we shouldn't have talked about tennis. No, I mean it's it's it is insane. It, movie, it is an amazing movie, insanely complicated movie, but it's one of those like I said that I have to rewatch it three four times, and especially because I want to go watch it at the movie theaters. I want to watch it with subtitles just to kind of get <laughs> get everything. Uh, but it it was I mean like I said, man, that's there's a reason why every time I see like a Christopher Nolan movie that's about to come out, I'm like this is must watch because it is. It, it is going to oh, be yeah. it is going to be mind blowing, you know, and and that's what this one was. Uh, but now I have to ask you: Is Robert Pattinson's character the the kid? Which kid? I think it's the 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 main girl's uh, son, because that's the theory. Oh. You hadn't heard that one? I hadn't thought of I hadn't thought of that one yet. That that's that's where they say where uh because the 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 kid's name is Maximilian, mm-hmm. I think, or something like that. And then Robert Pattison's character is is uh Neil, right? So the thing with tenant, right? The word tenant is a palindrome. Uh and they were saying that Maximilian. Uh, the last four letters is Neil. The last four letters is Neil, right? And they were saying because like he had that experience as a kid uh, with John David Washington's character, he eventually is recruited to be in that force to where he's coming back uh, to complete it, you know? Because you remember right. at, the, at the last scene, his job is done, but the main characters, he's barely starting the whole thing to stop it, but the whole process they went through was to stop it because Neil was going back, you know? So that's what they were saying where right. this kid got recruited and, and he's, he's Robert Pattinson's character. That's the reason he knows so much about it. Cause it was his dad who had it in the first place. And he was so involved with it, you know, being a little kid. Mm, that makes sense. I guess one of my other questions was, you remember that opening scene, who was that soldier who had a reversed, you know, bullet. Neil. Oh, really? Yeah, well, he has the tag. It's like, no, 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 at the very beginning, like in that opera house, who is that who is trying to kill the main character? 
No, he wasn't what trying to. Mean? No, it was the guy who saved him. Remember? Oh. There was a there was a there was a bullet that was about to come, and he like reversed it through a guy. Uh, and that was that was Neil. Because same thing, you don't catch it until you go back through it again. But that first scene, they show you the little tag on the backpack, which is the one that Neil has, which is the one the character who gets shot on the floor has in the in the last scene. Like it's Neil all of those times to make sure that gotcha. what hap- what happens happens. Gotcha. That, that's kind of a similar uh, story plot then to Terminator, if you've ever seen that. Which one? Or the original Terminator. Oh, I, I I will have to excuse myself, but I have not seen Terminator. Mm. Yeah, it, seen it's Terminator. a it's a similar plot, but I won't spoil it for you then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely an interesting movie and one that deserves a lot of uh, a lot of analysis into it. How how many YouTube how many YouTube videos have you seen on it? Um, none so far, but I think that I'll have to watch them tonight. Yeah, I'm about I'm about like four deep, five deep, and like every and now like my suggestions are messed up, right? That like everything I see is tenant explain tenant like this, like thirty five things you missed in tenant, and it's like I low key want to watch them because I don't know what else I missed, you know? Like I don't know what else is new information. Mm-hmm. But uh, All right, I'll put that on the on the to do list <laughs> on on your massive to do list. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, Prunik, thank you so much, man. Uh, where can people follow you, find you at, go ahead and plug yourself, plug, plug that IG. Hell yeah. Um, everything I do is at D Brunick, uh, D B R U N N I C K. Uh, that's kind of just my, my default. All right, man. Well, uh, good luck. It was nice talking to you and, uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. You too. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Anything and Everything podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation I had with Daniel. Learned a couple of new things. Talked about leadership. A little movie advice there. A little movie theory work. But uh, nonetheless, an interesting conversation. Uh, For this podcast, guys, you guys can find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. That's where we'll be at. Anything and Everything podcast on Facebook. The Any Every Pod on Instagram as well. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you guys next week. So long.